Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by the Boss Builders. That would be us. Hey, for this year, we are really ramping up our training options. Now, post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual work. We had our Art of the Great Boss Masterclass. We had, I think, 15 or 20 different cohorts go through it, and we still have cohorts going through it today. It's a great program, one session a month for 13 months. But we also realize that audiences are ready for us to come back on the road and visit them at their house. And so we are implementing a couple of new programs. Well, they're not really new. Well, one of them actually is very new. The first one is our two-day driving results on-site management skills workshop. This involves learning how to manage people, learning about yourself, learning how to motivate, lots of exercises we do together, lots of opportunities to practice. Our second option, though, is a new hybrid option. And so what we wanted to do with this one is to establish an entire year with an organization. Three in-person, one-day on-site visits with virtual sessions in between. So in the in-person sessions, we can really work as groups. We can do some practice, some skill practice, and then we can touch base throughout the year with those individual virtual sessions. So that is our second option. We're obviously going to continue our Art of the Great Boss cohorts. But finally, you can also license and teach our curriculum. We've developed it to the point where really anybody could step in. There's a very robust train the trainer guide. I will also come on site and teach you how to teach the curriculum. So you could do it at your own time, your own pace, your own schedule. For information on all of these programs, just check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, as we wind down 2023, I'm sure many of you are starting to think about 2024, namely, what are going to be my resolutions for the upcoming year? If you're like most people, it probably involves something regarding your health. And if you're like most people, you've done this before, haven't you? You've had a resolution, you got all excited, you're going to lose some weight or whatever that was, and you maybe lasted a couple of days, right? What happened? Well, you know, that happens to everybody. And if you are an HR professional or somebody in a corporate work area, you have to understand how important wellness really is. Our guest today is my good friend, Margie Bush. Now, Margie is a health and well-being coach, and she works with organizations helping them better use their benefit plans. She helps people get a better handle on their health. She makes the case that better health can make you more productive. She is somebody who you definitely need in your corner. I decided to bring her back on the show. We've had her on several times because I think this is a relevant topic today. And if you're thinking about this coming year, 2024, as being the year of either you being healthy or your organization's workforce, this is the episode for you. Lots of practical takeaways. Please listen to the end. You'll get Margie's contact information. So I'm going to quit talking and let her do the talking. You know what time it is. Let's make sure the personal item is tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure your seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. 
Margie Bush, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Mac. It's great to be here. It's been, a, well, I think, at least two years since we've had you on. We did a couple episodes on Myers-Briggs. We did some on coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we did one on emotional intelligence, but it's been quite a while. And in the mm-hmm. you know last couple of years, you've actually got some new certifications. You've kind of shifted a little bit in your direction. You're doing very artistic things. We've had you in our inner circle do the Zentangle experience. You're doing something called forest bathing. But today what we're going to focus on, and we're going to have you back to talk about the others, is on uh, being a board certified health and well-being coach and how that can support individuals and employees in workplace wellness. So, Margie, you and I have worked together for a number of years now, mainly doing management development and things like that. And now this is sort of a different turn. Obviously, I have not turned in this direction with you because I am the opposite of health and wellness. Uh, But on that note, this is a direction you're going through. So I want to hear about it today. I want to hear what this can do for organizations. But before we get there, for those who have never met you before, Margie, tell us about yourself your background, your journey, and now uh, the direction that you're heading now. Yes. Okay. Of course. Thank you. So yeah, everything starts with a story, I guess. And I do have a story. So for those of you that um, don't know me, I actually did used to work in healthcare a long time ago. And I was a nurse. Mostly I worked in behavioral medicine, which was a, a psychiatric unit in an area hospital. Uh, Then eventually I started to float out and work in med surge and some of the more specialty units like ICU. And um, so I feel like I've sort of gone full circle. It's been several years and I've done a lot of different things, as you know, Mac. And I guess what got me back here is along the way, most of uh, what I've been doing the last 10 years with you was management development and leadership development. And in that, um, I'm uh, credentialed through the ICF. So I've been using those coaching skills in coaching people in leadership, typically at least at the manager, but mostly at a director level and on up. And in doing that, what I was starting to notice probably in 2018 and 19 is, wow, they could really use something in the way of health and wellness, overworked, Uh, stressed. And uh, that got me interested in exploring to see what was out there. And interesting enough, the very first uh, board exam was in 2017. And that's when the first year I was actually credentialed as a coach with the Coaching Federation. So I thought that was an interesting fact that I really just found that out recently. So I guess um, what really, really got me interested in this is There was a time when I worked in a role in HR, and I had many, many roles, uh, built a department where there really hadn't been one before in a high-stress environment, and I found myself uh, getting more and more stressed and then to the place of burnout. And uh, with that, I decided to leave the job, and um, that's when I formed my business. So when I say burnout, I mean to the point where I was presenting on the topic of stress. I started talking about stress all the way back in 2015 and giving presentations mostly to HR uh, professionals. And I had a friend 
actually a couple of friends in an audience one time, and I showed a picture of myself the day I left that job, and my friends did not recognize me. I asked them if they knew who was in the picture. It was my first slide and said, it's really someone famous. Are you sure you don't know who this person is? And they did not recognize me. So uh, it was very dark and I gained a lot of weight. I looked really sad and distant. And um, so I started thinking about that. And uh, with what I was seeing with leaders that I was coaching, and decided in 2019 to apply to Duke Integrative Medicine and see if I could get accepted to their health. And at that time, they were calling it um, health and wellness coaching. They've since uh, changed it to health and well-being. It's still the same thing, just a different name. And I got accepted. I was so excited about it. I had no idea what was going to happen in 2020. Uh, and we started. Uh, the program and immediately we're in lockdown. So uh, it was a, a really challenging time, but we proceeded with class. Uh, my classes were online and I uh, started that um, program in February and I finished up the foundational course in July. And I didn't know if I was going to continue on because uh, it was really a stressful year, but I did started back in to Duke. I had a couple weeks break and went right into the certification part of their program. So I spent pretty much from February till um, almost November in both programs. And with mentoring along with that and peer coaching and demonstrating all the skills, I graduated from the program and started to study for the board exam. So the National Board of Medical Examiners actually proctors the exam, and that's the board that gives physicians their exams. And I studied for probably four months and took that uh, exam in February of 2021 and passed. So uh, that's where I am now, board certified. And uh, that's kind of a big deal. It says that you've really taken the steps to make yourself um, a professional. And with that, uh, having the board certification, it actually, hopefully in the future, we're looking at probably some possibility for reimbursement. Uh, we've come a long way, even since I got board certified in getting recognized uh, in healthcare facilities, especially. If that wasn't too long of a story for you. No, that was, that's perfect. You know, it's, I'm interested in that because you described a journey with uh, the program at Duke mm -hmm. and then you had an exam. Mm -hmm. And then do you know what the pass fail rate is on that exam? Is it, is oh, for it a pretty board rigorous exam? Yeah. It's a very, yes, yes. And I should have touched on that, I guess. So it is a rigorous exam. Uh, it's, um, I think, I believe I was there probably four and a half to five hours for the actual test. That was another challenge too, uh, in that I sat at my desk every day for four to five hours with a mask on because I wear eyeglasses. And so I had to be sure that I found the correct mask to wear so I wouldn't have fogging on my eyeglasses. Uh, to take an exam like that, you're, you're real, you have to really um, be... Um, examined, like you have to pull up your pants legs and your arms. Uh, you have to take off your eyeglasses, they examine those. So while you're taking the exam, you're under camera 
and you don't want to be touching or or anything because it might set off a trigger that you're cheating. Uh, so I did that for <laughs> for almost four months, sitting at my desk every day uh, with a mask on, just practicing. I did finally find a mask, and so I had two of those because I knew I could take a break uh, if I needed to one time during the test um, and run out and maybe switch a mask if I needed to or deal with the glasses. So it was a challenge. Uh, I did it. Uh, of course, it snowed uh, the night before, and I had to drive up a very steep hill on an icy road. Uh, so it was, uh, it, I can look back and laugh now, but it, it was a, a journey and it had some interesting uh, detours along the way. Well, what I, what I take from that is that you really worked hard to get this. And so when you say, I am a board-certified health and well-being coach, mm-hmm. how do you feel when somebody says, oh, I'm a health coach too. I do health coaching. Really? <laughs> well, tell me about it. Well, you know, I, I talk about health. How do you feel, Marty, when you hear people say that after uh, what you had to go through to do this the right way? Oh, gosh, that's such a hard question. So, I mean, I'm always happy for anyone if they find their path and they have passion and they seem to be happy. I think what happens is I do get concerned uh, because I know what I went through to be able to have the right skills to do something like this and how how to know when to stay in my lane how to how to make a referral when I need to. And, you know, there's a lot of um, requirements when you're doing health and wellness coaching. I spent my I put myself in a cabin for a long weekend and with no uh, Wi-Fi, no distractions and studied just for the HIPAA part of this exam. And HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. And it really lays out the rules uh, for health, protecting health information. It has standards and, um, you know, basic rules that we need to follow just in, you know, with our computers and using Zoom and what we do with documents. And you probably know about HIPAA when you go to the doctor, you sign a form. Um, and, And so you're familiar with that. And I honestly probably spent 40 hours because I was so worried about that part of the exam and how they would ask the questions. They would be situational. And uh, so it's been a lot of time just on that one thing. Yeah, I I just when I hear that, I think, wow, if if I'm going to have somebody come in and do this in my organization, I need to do some checking. Because when I hear that you've studied in a cabin for 40 hours for one section, and then somebody else says, oh, yeah, I do health coaching, too. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. One leg longer than the other. Here, I'll coach you through that. Uh, <laughs> that concerns me. So, yeah. Well, all right. So we have established that that, number one, you've worked very hard to get this particular certification. Mm-hmm. So what 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 will you do with this? So if you're you know, you've got this now, you can put this on your signature, you can put it on your LinkedIn now, if I'm a business owner, why would I be interested in having you come and work with us? Mm, okay. So, well, one thing I know that you know that right out of the gate with this, I, I was connected with a multi-specialty health organization. And because they're in health care, they understood um, this. 
you know, initially it was using some of my other things, Myers-Briggs, emotional intelligence. And as we got to working together and I was building trust and rapport with them, then I was moving, you know, right into health and wellness coaching as well with staff, with the, well, the C-suite and then also their physicians. And um, so they recognized um, the importance of that. And, I, and we're working really hard. And when I say we, I mean coaches, the board, uh, and some other organizations of getting the word out to the Amer- American Medical Association so that we can educate people in when they're choosing someone to get this type of coaching, what they really should look for and where they can go look, which is they can go to the national board uh, for health and wellness coaches and they can, you know, confirm that you are what you say you are. And they also can look, there's a code of ethics there in our competency model and what it takes. I'm about to renew because it's been three years. So over those three years, I was getting 36 hours of continuing education, uh, you know, to be able to even renew my certification. So um, I'm about to start entering all those documents now. Now you won't have to take the exam again, would you? No, no, no. Uh, and even to, you know, set for the exam, uh, it had, I had to show documentation of coach approved program. And when I say coaching, like specific approved programming, it means that your certifying body uh, examines that training that you get and they decide if that's acceptable or not. So they're under scrutiny as well in what they're teaching us so that it stays aligned to the the code of ethics that we have to follow and the uh, competency models. Oh, and we also have 50 hours of uh, coaching as well. We had to log that in a specific way uh, and, and, you know, send that in as well. All right. So when you are doing this, it's it, you're working for this. So you're staying current yes. and ready to deliver. All right. So if I'm an organization and I say, we need to have Margie come in here and do this, who is my likely audience to mm-hmm. be coached by you or somebody with your credentials? Is it, is it I have to be someone who's like out of shape or, you know, <laughs> what, what would, what would be a, what would be a reason that I would come and see you as part of my organization, you know, as part of what they provide me for benefits? Okay. So yeah. And even individuals that are looking for this and, and you're asking about an organization. So the reason and I've been doing this for three years. So what I see is one person that's in the audience is someone uh, that I, I'm going to say that are falling through the cracks of perhaps the wellness programs or offerings that you have. So I, I'm not a fan really of the word programs. Uh, but what I can tell you is I facilitated a wellness program for four, a little over four years. And, I, you know, at that time, I didn't have all of this uh, training and education. And this was, um, you know, many years ago. And what would happen is I would bring in Weight Watchers or I would bring in um, uh, help with smoking cessation. And I might start out with 25 or 30 people. And what I noticed is then, you know, I would end up a few weeks later with maybe seven And I didn't understand what was happening and I didn't have the language to really uh, or the skills to to figure it all out. So the audience that I think is the most important are those people that 
are falling through the, the cracks. And what's happening is, and when you don't have this type of training, you don't realize that there are specific stages of change. And there's a lot of research behind this um, and the stages of change that uh, you can start to recognize through people's language or what's happening, uh, you know, as you're talking to them. You can pick out perhaps where they are in those stages. And what happens is when we introduce a program, say we're going to bring someone in for yoga or just any anything that you want to bring in as part of your wellness, not everyone's ready for action. And, and that's sort of the language we use. Uh, there's the stages are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action and maintenance, and then termination. And when they're in contemplation, that means that they're using a different type of language, like I may, or you can start to hear, oh, they're ready. And so those people um, probably are going to hang a little longer than the people that are already going, I can't, or they're feeling demoralized because of their weight. Or um, maybe they're just the ones that you're saying, they're so uncooperative, they never want to do anything. Uh, they always start and then they drop out and they get labeled with these. And what it really means is they're just not ready. So a coach that's trained such as, a, a you know, a, one that's certified through, uh, there's others, Duke is not the only one. There are other places. I just chose Duke. When we hear that, we're like, oh, so we can start maybe getting them back aligned to values, their purpose. We can start to work on pros and cons. Uh, perhaps um, you might be someone that just, you know, you got told, hey, you're a pre-diabetic and, you know, you don't know what to do. Well, a health coach could work on someone in your organization that gets, you know, if you're doing like the blood work and all the screenings with your health insurance and people are falling into that, we can work with them and get them to a place where, uh, they might reverse that. I my my A1C, which is a measurement for that, was um, I believe it was five point six. So five point seven and a, and to six point four is is that's a measurement is pre diabetes. And when I saw five point six, I was like, whoa, I better make some changes. Mm. So I knew what to do. I knew you know real three specific things I could start to work on. And when I got it checked, um, you know, at the year later with my next checkup, I dropped it down to 5.4. So these are things that you know, we can see these uh, action or stages of change and really move someone along most of the time. We have good success. And another, another skill we have is motivational interviewing. And that was really something that got started with addictions and, uh, but we had lots of training. In fact, I'm about to uh, work on that training again because it's all been updated and this is what happens. So I'll spend uh, several weeks in that starting next year and getting the updated um, versions of that in language. So um, again, that's not like a technique or a theory like the uh, stages of change, but it's more of a way just to be with people, which I think is a really good way to, you know, think about it for your wellness program. It's the language is different. 
so we can really be with them. And there's specific stages of that as well to help just nudge people to that place of, hey, I think I can do this and I'm ready just and and when we say ready in the action, I'm looking for more of are they ready to experiment with something? I don't like the word try. Usually it's more maybe they're ready to experiment with just laying their clothes out the night before so they're ready in the morning to take a walk. Just little nudges like that to get people moving toward making um, a change. And and I, I think what happens too with some of the things that we bring in, and I was guilty at one time too, we're not we're not moving them in in organizations looking for sustainable behavioral changes. It's more of checking the box. And I think that's better, but it's still, oh, we did smoking cessation. Oh, we had the yoga classes. Oh, you know, and then, oh, we had Weight Watchers uh, this year. So, and and there's nothing wrong with having any of those. I, I had those things coming in mind as well. It's just knowing that what we really want is a sustainable change. So meaning if I checked in with somebody in two years, they're still maintaining that uh, that change that they made in their behaviors. So for, for most of us, well, for most of us, and we're coming to that season, right? You know, New Year's resolution. <laughs> and so, you know, New Year's Day, we all start our thing. We're going to quit smoking. We're going to quit drinking. We're going to quit overeating. Mm-hmm. And usually a day or so later, we've all quit, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds as though you, as a health and well-being coach, you're sort of that missing ingredient, right? When we all decide, ah, oh, it's January 2nd, I'm going to go ahead and light up. You're the person that I'm working with that I would call and say, hey, I'm thinking of lighting up. I mean, would you say, oh, Mac, you know, put away the lighter? Or is that kind of what it is, sort of accountability? Or um, am I off on that a little bit? No, no, that's, that is, we, we move toward, um, yes, really first what I would want to do with you is establish some trust and rapport. And I would want to tap into what are the reasons that you want to make this change or, you know, what's so important to you about this now? Cause that's what I want to hold on to. So maybe you tell me, Hey, I've got several grandchildren and I want to be around a long time for them. So I've got something mm-hmm. to hold on to and remind you of later in our sessions. So when, and you will meet an obstacle in any behavioral change, when you meet that obstacle or you feel discouraged or you decide to light up and that might happen, then I can get you, I can ask the right questions to get you to think about, the why behind you you wanting to make this change in the first place. So you instead of shaming me or saying, "Man, Mac, you're weak," you would say, "Hey, you know, I hurt. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you told me that you wanted to do this. I mean, is that how it works? You you keep reminding me of the goal. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it, even before that, I would maybe check in and say, "Hey, you know, when we first started, this was your goal. What's changed?" And I would just let that link mm-hmm. with you and see. I wouldn't suggest that it's changed. I would just say, hmm, what's changed for you? And I would just wait and see. Yeah. And you may say, really, nothing. I was just with my buddy and we had a beer and we just decided to, you know, well, okay, shaming you, you tell me. What would that do? Yeah, that would make me want to light even more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's discouraging. 
Yeah. So yeah, I want to keep you aligned with the values we established together in the beginning, the reasons that you want, what made it important to you, and also, you know, what gave you, what strength might you tap into, or what helped you go this long, and just keep reminding you so I can keep you motivated. You do a lot of work, I know, in your management training, just getting under your managers to understand how important it is to find out what motivates their employees to come to work, to show up and do the work. You want to know that. And I've seen you teach that. So I want to know what's going to keep you motivated. And so when I know that, I can remind you, you know, about that. So that's part of supporting you, not telling you what to do. Uh, I don't think anyone likes to be told what to do, especially when we're making a change. Uh, but it's a way I can support. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah, let me let me ask you this too. Let's say, because um, you mentioned A1C, mm-hmm. and as soon as you did, that stupid TV commercial for Jardians popped in my head, and now I'm watching <laughs> the lady get off the bus dancing about her A1C. <laughs> Um, but what what would you say to the person who's been struggling with weight, and they say, "Oh, my doctor just pres- provide he's just subscribed me uh, prescribed me Ozempic or Jardians, uh, so now I won't need you anymore, Marty, because yeah. now this will take care of my weight loss." Mm-hmm. Um, are you worried that Jardians and Ozempic will put you out of work? No, no, because even if I thought it was a magic cure, are you sure? <laughs> No, because even that's still a change because somebody's going to have to remember to take their medication. So I may not keep them as long, yet I could still be engaged. Uh, you know, what's going to help you remember to take that? And, and so there's still, this still is, how can I help support someone in making change? How much do you like to make a change? Let me just basically. Very little, actually. Yeah. 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 So change, you know, it can be, it can be hard and it can be a challenge. And when we have someone that's supporting us, that believes in us and we're going to meet with, uh, sometimes it's 30 minutes every week, if that works for the client and, you know, it's checking in and supporting them. Oh, you know, okay. So this happened. All right. Uh, I hear you. Um, so, what might help you so this doesn't happen between now and the next time we meet? Or and just reminding them of the reason, for, you know, weighing them. Maybe we have to go back and weigh the pros and cons again of staying on the medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's. All right, so it's not it's not the miracle cure we are reading about because it's not fixing the mental piece of this, right? Right, right, and and let me and I like that you use that word. Thank you. So if If I, that just goes back to some of the skills. If I begin any coaching with fixing or trying to correct someone or persuade someone, then all the training and, you know, continuing education, that all just went down the tubes, you know, right down the drain. Because this is a person-centered approach. And that's why I love some of the skills that I've learned. It's a way to be with someone no matter what is happening, whether they're weight overweight or, and I can tell you currently uh, the statistics for um, prediabetes, I think one in three. So that's not something I always do coaching on, but just that one thing, obesity is soaring. It's trickling down to 
uh, younger people, uh, same thing with cancer. So there's a lot of statistics that I don't worry or I'm not threatened by because I'm just another piece of the puzzle for them. You know, they're still going to do their medication. They're still going to see their health care provider uh, and all of that. I'm just aligned with that. I'm, I'm more of what you said earlier, the support person and the accountability person and just keeping them with that vision of who they want to be um, moving forward. Well, so for organizations that are listening to, well, the organization wouldn't listen, but someone that works there would be listening <laughs> and saying, hmm, you know, I wonder if this would be a good idea um, because we have a pretty robust wellness program. We have a lot of different things we do, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like people are using this. Our healthcare costs are going up. Would having you be a good idea to help a person like maybe you could evaluate my wellness program and give me some suggestions on how it could be improved. And then, I mean, would you be able to sort of help us with that and then maybe fill in those gaps of what we don't have with the well-being coaching? Um, I could, and it it's certainly worth exploring. Uh, you know, everything I've talked about would be things I'm looking for. Um, you know, again, when anything that's going to be related to our health, is going to mean that we're going to have to make some type of behavioral change, whatever that is. It's moving our body more. It's getting better sleep. It's eating better. Any of those uh, types of behavioral changes, most people don't know how to get started. When when they hear you have you know prediabetes or or they hear you need to do this, that doesn't usually sit well, and it takes time to process. So then they, then they know right away, I don't know how to make this change. I don't even know where and how to get started. So I think that is for, for me and what I do with this. I can't speak for all the others, but I know a lot of my peers uh, feel the same way. Change takes time and it takes a lot of effort. Just like changing from leadership to wanting to do health and wellness to time and a lot of effort and, and work. And, you know, I didn't know how to get started in that. And so trying to make something for health and wellness for yourself, it's hard. And to have somebody who has skills and training to help you figure out how to get started. Uh, of course, it's always the, the you know, person's choice. Uh, we respect their autonomy. And, um, you know, it, when we work with them, there's compassion, uh, empathy. Uh, the way we listen is with empathy and not judging people because of their weight or that they need to make a change. I think those are the values that we add because we have the time. It's, it's like with physicians, too. When they see patients, they can diagnose and they can treat. It's just what's that missing piece of the person who's going to support them and hold them accountable Till the next time they see the doctor. That's the coach's piece on the puzzle. That's great. Well, Marty, I have a feeling there are two kinds of people that are listening now. One type of person is an individual who is realizing, okay, let's date the podcast. This is a few days before Thanksgiving 2023. Uh, they know that this is eating season mm -hmm. and they're thinking, I want to be ready after these holidays mm -hmm. to get healthy. So for individuals, that's one group of people who are listening. The other might be people that might be HR professionals, and you might have a pretty robust wellness program, 
but you're finding that people are not taking advantage of it for whatever reason, and you think maybe we need a little help mm -hmm. from a health and well-being coach. So if you are in either of those camps right now, you're probably wondering, how in the world do I get a hold of Margie? Because I want to do this the right way. So I'm going to ask you that question, Margie. If those folks are listening now, what is the best way they can reach you so that you can help them in either of these two areas? Okay, that's. I want to say one thing before I answer that question. Certainly, it is. It is Thanksgiving season, and it is time to eat. It's also a time to be grateful and to spend time with family and friends. And so, one thing I don't um, ever, you know, recommend, or maybe I shouldn't say that maybe just suggest is go to the Thanksgiving dinner and say, Oh, I know that I want to get started. And let me just get a jump start on that. Now, enjoy that, have the turkey, have the pumpkin pie in moderation, enjoy your family and your friends or however you're going to spend your Thanksgiving. I, uh, because I, I don't, I don't like the diet programs or there's a time for those, but for the most part, restricting yourself makes it much harder to make the change. So back to your question, how to reach me. It's Margie, M-A-R-G-I at wisdomtreecoaching.com. And Margie is M-A-R-G-I. If you put the E, I won't get your email, which lots of people do. <laughs> uh, I do have a website, wisdomtreecoaching.com. Uh, you can also find uh, how to reach me there. Uh, with my email address. I would love to hear from you. Any comments or questions, of course. And um, I think, I don't know, Mike, do you have any more questions? No, I, that was the one. I mean, you've convinced me and it helps that I've known you for a long time and I've mm -hmm. seen you go through these programs and I've seen the results and, you know, hear you talk about it. So that's the reason I wanted to have you because my audience is probably in this place, right? They're thinking either A, I need to make some changes and I've tried everything and I think I need some help and a coach would be great. But I think organizations too, you know, we could say we have wellness programs, which I know you don't like program the word. And I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we can maximize it. It's one thing to say we have it, you know, just like these companies that compete for best workplace, right? Oh, we have this, we have it. Well, that's great. You know, are you using it is the bigger question. And if you look at this, I see potential of your Healthcare costs can go down. Your, you know, morale can go up. People will have more energy. Uh, I can only, you know, say that from this year it was kind of my year of trying to get a little healthier. And you know, same thing. I didn't go on a diet. I just tried to yeah. shorten the portions a little bit. So if I want to have ice cream, yeah, I just don't have the whole damn thing of it. I just have a quarter of it, you know, and you flow. And that's worked, you know. I haven't had to starve myself, but. Yeah. I understand the frustration of like, God, I'm tired of looking in the mirror and seeing this fat guy looking back at me. <laughs> so if you're in that category, like you say, I got to make a change, then then you've got the perfect person right here yeah. with Margie to help you through that. So if you're listening, please, wisdomtreecoaching.com or Margie, M-A-R-G-I at wisdomtreecoaching.com. Reach out to her. I've worked with her a number of years, completely trust her and highly endorse her. Margie, thank you so much for taking time today to talk about wellness. And we are going to look forward to hearing more about forest bathing, Zentangle, and some of those other exciting things you're working on too. Oh, thank you so much, Mac. I really, I just so appreciate you giving me a voice and letting me share the things that 
I've learned uh, from facilitating a wellness program to now sort of working with people who are trying to make changes and really to help educate people on the things that I see that are missed, that they are so often missed. And that's right at the beginning, building that trust and rapport with a person, which I think is missed in organizations sometimes and working on the relationship first and not jumping right into, oh, how much weight do you want to lose? Let's, let's start with the, you know, the foundation of this and develop that, you know, the, the relationship and then start to get agreement on a goal that just comes so much later. I, and I think that's the part that, you know, sometimes gets those people to fall through the cracks. Well, we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. So uh, you have a great resource there. Margie, thanks so much oh, for being with so us today. Much. Please have a happy Thanksgiving. I know you're going to be traveling. Be safe and enjoy visiting with your family. And um, in moderation, like you said, uh, but I do think it's easier to stay on a path of healthy eating if we allow ourselves a little treat now and then. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.